Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, the podcast that takes the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, there's not much more stressful than being sick, and the purpose of this podcast is to help you avoid fear. Today, we're specifically going to talk about cancer, and so it is never my intention to increase your fear of cancer, but to actually help you raise your expectations regarding how much control you have, what you can do, and how good you can feel. I want to help you stop worrying about so many of the health problems that other people have. Now remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now that promise is right there in 2 Timothy 1. It's one of those biblical promises that I fully rely on. We want to keep our minds strong and we want to learn sustainable strategies that uh, help us live with more vitality and live more proactively. You know, it just feels so good to feel good. And this is information you're going to want. Now, there's really no question that sugar feeds cancer. Now, way back in 1931, uh, Dr. Otto Warburg talked a lot about this, and he actually won a Nobel Prize for his research on how sugar impacts cancer cell metabolism. Uh, He found that, you know, sugar basically makes cancer cells grow faster. And there's ample research on dietary sugar, uh, and, and which includes refined carbohydrates, and uh, we know how they lower immune function, and we know how they raise blood sugar. So all of this is totally tied together. You know, it's not just ever one thing. Uh, a, a current day expert in this area is Dr. Patrick Quillen, and I've heard him speak many times, and he's absolutely fascinating and uh, cares so much about trying to help people. Dr. Quillen says that trying to beat cancer while eating a diet that is constantly raising blood glucose is like trying to put out a forest fire while somebody is throwing gasoline on the trees. So I think that's a a pretty good analogy. You've got uh, to know what's causing it and act accordingly. Now, Dr. Quillen is a former director of the nutrition of nutrition for the Cancer Centers of America. And he was one of my instructors in my master's program. He's just very passionate about helping people understand this. And he explains that cancerous tumors are obligate glucose metabolizers, which is just a huge way of saying that cancer cells love sugar. And And interestingly, they take in glucose at a rate of about 10 to 12 times higher than a healthy cell. Now think about that. Cancer cells just, they they feed on sugar. And 10 to 12 times higher than a healthy cell, I mean, that is astounding. You know, that's why PET scans are so useful. Uh, PET scans are used to find out where cancerous cell colonies are located. And it's a, a PET scan is a type of imaging test that actually uses radioactive glucose 
as the tracer to detect cancer cells throughout the body. So since cancer cells intake more glucose than healthy cells, um, like Dr. Quillen said, and also uh, Dr. Warburg, then they inject these this radioactive glucose into a vein, and then they watch it via a computerized image, and, and they follow it to where it goes. These glucose concentrations uh, go straight to the cancer cells. And uh, all you have to do is sort of follow the sugar. Now, knowing this was very, very helpful helpful for me. I used to uh, constantly have a bag of Oreos or pecan sandies or some generic form of those uh, under my car seat while driving. And, and I didn't know that it really made any difference because I technically wasn't sick. Now, but get that mental image of sugar racing to feed the cancer cells. Uh, let that sink in. It's really not pretty. Remember, you are the boss of your health span, and this is v- very, very important basic health information that can change the trajectory of your life. I never want to scare you, but I want to empower you. Uh, It's recently been estimated that cancer could surpass heart disease as the leading cause of death. So this impacts all of us. Now let's talk briefly about what happens to your body when you eat sugar and processed carbohydrates. Now sugar and processed processed carbs are considered to be fast carbs because they you know don't typically contain much real food fiber and so they are digested quickly and therefore they rapidly stimulate the release of insulin now remember insulin is that hormone that signals cells throughout the body to allow cells to absorb the glucose and and to use it for energy. When when you eat glucose, you want it to get inside your cells for energy. When when it stays in the blood, it causes inflammation and just creates all kinds of havoc. Uh, insulin also signals the body to store the excess glucose in the liver. Insulin gets uh, glucose out of the blood. So when sugar is eaten, insulin is released, uh, and, but it's also released along with something called insulin-like growth factor. You're, you're off, often going to see this in the literature as IGF. Now, insulin and insulin-like uh, growth factor are um, really beneficial at the right levels. Now, think of insulin and insulin-like growth factor uh, much like your high school boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, Too much of a good thing is not a good thing. My dad said that to me all the time. And like your high school boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, they are very distracting when they hang around too long. And when they hang around too long, they cause problems. It's exactly the same with high insulin Uh, levels in high IGF. High levels of these increase the risk for all kinds of cancer, including pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and many, many others. Those are just some of the main ones that you hear about so much. The reason that high insulin and high IGF contribute to cancer growth is that they inhibit apoptosis. Now, apoptosis is a world a word that we all want to be familiar with in this world uh, if we want to enjoy a life of vitality. Apoptosis means programmed cancer cell suicide. Our bodies are so elegantly designed. It's so amazing to me. And 
they're designed to naturally get rid of cancer cells. I mean, isn't that spectacular? So we we want apoptosis to be turned on, but sugar and refined carbs stimulate the rise the rapid rise of insulin and IGF, and that in turn inhibits our body's innate God-given ability of killing off cancer cells. So all of this translates to all kinds of problems, including chronic inflammation, and it's well established in the research that people with... um, you know, those inflammatory diseases that we talk a lot about, type 2 diabetes, obesity, other metabolic diseases, have a higher than average risk of certain malignancies, you know, such as breast cancer, liver cancer, colon cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer. And those are some of the main ones that really steal people's vitality and actually uh, inhibit their ability to enjoy a lot of their relationships in their life. But these bodies are merely our relationship vehicles. They're not going to last forever, but we want to know how to take the best care possible so that we can feel the best and, and, and enjoy those relationships. Now, sugar also activates oncogenes. Now, oncogenes are genes in our body that are gen- that genetically induce cancer. Now, remember uh, about epigenetics. I talked about epigenetics probably maybe in even the first uh, episode of this podcast. Epigenetics is uh, the ability to turn on and turn off certain genes based on our lifestyle. So, uh, oncogenesis is a process where healthy cells can get turned on and transferred, uh, transformed into cancer cells. And sugar actually activates this process. Now, another fascinating area of research on cancer and sugar is related to uh, yeast overgrowth, uh, also you know known as fungal overgrowth or candidiasis. And uh, there's an interesting ho- hypothesis that fungal overgrowth is also a common denominator between sugar and cancer because uh, you know that's all related to high sugar intake. Very interesting, and I'll I'll bring more to you on that in a later podcast. So what can you do about it? It's not enough to know the problem. We want to know simple, sustainable strategies to deal with things. We want to first always look at how our bodies are designed, and we want to look at, you know, what doesn't cost a bunch of money. So I have four simple ways to deal with this. Uh, number one, make sure you kind of you know your hemoglobin A1C number. Now, if you get a, an annual blood test, this is going to be a test that is pretty much for sure on there. You know, make sure and know it. Um, this is your average blood glucose over the past 90 days. And we want to aim for optimal. We don't want to be in that normal range necessarily because normal can be pushing pre-diabetes. Optimal is close to 5%. So when you look at your lab test, it will say that normal is, you know, up to 5.6%. But that again is pushing diabetes. You might be at 5.6% and be told, oh, you're normal, but 5.7% is prediabetes. Uh, and because everything affects everything, a level closer to 5% is is better for your overall health, including your gut health. Lots of interesting info in that area. So number one, know your hemoglobin A1C. You'll see that on your blood test is HB 
A1C. And number two, um, take your fasting blood sugar every morning. Oh my gosh, you're thinking this sounds like such a drag. And I promise sometimes it is because I do it every day. Uh, but I would never recommend anything to you that I wouldn't do myself. And I actually do this without fail. Uh, again, aim for optimal which is actually in the uh, 80s and, and very low 90s. It's shocking. I mean, I started taking mine because I saw my A1C climbing uh, when I got my um, leukemia diagnosis. And I, I don't want it to. If you if you know where you are, then you can, you know, make mid-course uh, corrections. Uh, pre-diabetes is officially 100 to 125 milligrams per deciliter. But, you know, why wait for it to, to get high? Uh, you, you can, if you know what it is, you can kind of look back, maybe keep loose track of what you had for dinner, modify from there, maybe uh, change the timing of your eating. But, you know, this, you're the boss of you. And this greatly affects every single part of your life from your cancer risk to your energy level to your cognition, I mean, greatly affects your memory. So it's super important. It might not be fun to get up and think you're going to stick your finger, but it really pays off. But there are simple glucometers that you can buy at any drugstore. And um, it really is a good practice. So number one, know your hemoglobin A1C, take your fasting blood sugar every morning. And number three is increase your whole fiber food intake. I really should say increase your whole food fiber intake. Uh, I talked a lot about this uh, last week, our last podcast um, in the podcast entitled Small Stools, Big Hospitals. Think on that if you haven't listened to that. Um, It's worth listening to because a healthy gut is essential to help you balance your blood sugar levels. It's also essential for your immunity against cancer. So you just want to aim for eating more real food. I mean, food that doesn't have a label, food that you, you know, maybe your great, great, great grandmother would um, recognize. You want to eat things that are, you know, kind of single ingredients as much as possible. And you want to have a bowel movement every single day. You want to eat what your taste buds like. You want to enjoy what you eat. So uh, just think about whole you know, whole food. That's that's where it's at. Um, I have a fiber list that's uh, at, on my website. It's free. I just go to the resources tab and you can download it. It's just some, the gram, the gram content of some very basic uh, 40 different foods. And, but it helps you start to know where you are because whole food fiber is huge in Uh, resisting cancer. You can uh, keep track of where you are, find out where you are, and gradually increase that. Start low, go slow. If you try to, you know, if you're taking, if you're only eating 10 grams of fiber and you try to eat 30 or 40, you're going to, it's probably not going to be good for your relationships. I'll just say that. So number four, um, we're going to know our A1C. We're going to take fasting blood sugar every morning, increase whole food fiber, and then it goes without saying really to decrease and aim for nearly eliminating uh, processed foods and just, you know, sugar, just white, just plain old sugar. Uh, Again, I'm speaking from experience because um, 
I used to be totally addicted to sugar. But when you start eating more real foods, you're actually going to lose your craving for sugar. And you know, some people can quit cold turkey, but other people have to taper. I was a person who had to taper. And you know, not only uh, will you decrease your cancer risk by doing this, but you're also going to curb your hunger. You're going to do so many good things for your body. If you need to lose weight, you're going to just naturally lose some weight. Uh, the fast release of insulin, you know, leads to insulin resistance, and insulin resistance makes people constantly hungry. Insulin increases hunger. So, you know, after making just a few changes, I'll tell you, Oreos or gene- generic Oreos uh, don't even sound good in- to me anymore. I would absolutely pass them up. So, again, the major, my major goal in producing this podcast is to raise your expectations that you don't have to be scared. You know, wherever you are on the spectrum of health, you can feel better with just some small changes. And all those things I mentioned, they don't really cost any money. I mean, you get a, a blood test for your hemoglobin A1C, um, once a year, you know, that's probably not going to be an expensive thing. You take your fasting blood sugar, a glucometer is not expensive. Uh, you're probably going to save money if you eat at home more and eat more whole food. Uh, you're just going to feel so much better. Remember, God has elegantly designed these bodies to heal. We just have to give them more of what they're designed for. And he has a plan for each one of us. And these bodies are are essential for for that plan. I mean, they're our relationship vehicles. Uh, They help us, you know, live out um, loving God and loving people. We want to take the best care we can. Uh, It just feels so good to feel good. You know, blood sugar that's in the normal range, but is, you know, hovering around pre-diabetes or even diabetes can easily get brushed off. And you're often told by your healthcare practitioner or even by yourself, you know, you even may be telling yourself uh, the falsehood that it's no big deal, but it is a big deal. And I often see this as a clinician uh, when I ask someone about their A1C, they'll say, oh, Dr. Debbie, I'm still in the normal levels. But then we talk about the normal levels. And, you know, we don't want to be in those normal levels. Uh, we want to raise our expectations. We want to resist normal. Normal is merely the usual and the regular pattern or what everybody else in the world is doing at the time. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be from Oklahoma to know that there's too much sickness in our world. Uh, the, the usual and regular pattern is not good. Consider what normal is in our world. It's dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Sugar addiction is normal. Processed food addiction is normal. And that's sort of how the food processors want it. They um, they make it very highly addictive. It's a very dangerous way to live. You know, in my opinion, every single doctor and healthcare practitioner should be an expert in nutrition, but it's really not that way. You know, the bad news is that the average person, the normal person, is eating more and more sugar every single year. Uh, it shocked me to see that the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition uh, said that the uh, per capita sugar consumption in the United States is past a whopping 100 pounds a year. I mean, that's an average. That comes to around, you know, out to about 30 teaspoons a day for each person, which adds to 
all of your risk factors uh, that also increase cancer risk. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are all added together. And in that average, you know, doesn't include people like me who probably used to eat more than my average, but now I'm eating much less than I average. So, so if your sweet tooth starts talking to you, think about, you know, fresh fruit, whole fruit, you know, whole fruit um, is still sugar, but it contains lots of cancer fighting phytonutrients, lots of good uh, vitamins, as, as well as the goodness of fiber, which will help you to avoid those sugar spikes, um, in your blood that stimulate insulin. Now, early in the podcast, I mentioned Dr. Patrick Quillen, and I have a, I would recommend his book. Uh, it's excellent. It's called Beating Cancer with Nutrition. It's really uh, worth the read. So thank you for joining me today for episode 74 of Vitality Made Simple. Uh, and remember, feeling great does not need to be confusing, expensive, and no fun. Together, let's just keep taking the stress out of being healthy. Let's find simple, sustainable ways that we can feel our best. Now, we're now in 65 uh, countries. We we gained two since the last podcast, and we're in 740 cities. I mean, that blows my mind. Uh, we gained 21 cities since the last podcast. That's all up to that's all because of you. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Please uh, keep listening, keep sharing, and keep subscribing. Blessings until next time.